It used to be people would say, I'm going to come to a destination for sunshine. Now safety actually is number one. Welcome to Shock Talk with your hosts, Chief Jeff Walter and Sergeant Kevin Kwan. Hey everyone, welcome to the 20th episode of Shop Talk. I'm Chief Jeff Walter with my trusty sidekick, Batman. I mean, sorry, Batman. Sergeant I'm Kevin go, Kwan. Batman, Batman was not a sidekick. Uh, depends on what comic. <laughs> Superman sidekick. Here we go. Here we go. He, <laughs> he knows everything about Star Wars and sidekicks. So episode 20. Yep. Exciting. I'm excited. Uh, it's, uh, it's spring already. I, and I can't believe we're into episode 20. I can't believe I've been back as the chief for... Gosh, we're going on. We'll be two and a half years here yeah. in another a couple months. Been an exciting time for us and excited to be back this month with another exceptional guest. Yes. And we'll talk about uh, Rachel Sacco here in a minute from Experience Scottsdale. Uh, very excited that we were able to, uh, to quasi-kidnap her and bring her onto the show. And it's it's tough getting great people like Ra- Rachel on the show, right? Yeah. So we got we to like bribe them with, uh, with cups and gifts and things like that to, <laughs> to get them on. So... Uh, beautiful spring. The weather's been beautiful. It's been a little cold over the last couple of days, but, uh, boy, we've been getting a lot of moisture. It's been great. It's been yeah. great. Uh, definitely necessary. It kind of feels like, uh, the start of July with all the rain, but hopefully it won't continue. I need things to dry up in my place in Alpine. It has just been wet for six months. So, uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's great to be back in the spring and, uh, I want to talk about a couple issues before we get to Rachel that, uh, have been on my mind. Everybody knows I like to just talk about a couple things, uh, before we get to our guests and some of the great questions. And I'm sure you have some ridiculous questions at the end for Rachel and I, that I'm sure she's going to love that she hasn't seen. Cause you like to do that. I do. So let's talk about water safety. Yes. Um, that's been a big thing for us lately. And I, I know we can talk about water safety every year, uh, but we've already kicked off this spring with the drowning of a two-year-old yeah. boy uh, in the south part of the city. And an absolute tragedy, absolute tragedy of unimaginable proportions. My my youngest grandson turned two this past Saturday. And so, wow, uh, absolutely frightening. Uh, we just have to remember that our, our little ones, uh, especially at two, like my two-year-old grandson Madden, is extremely mobile, will yeah. climb over anything so for our listeners out there, if you have um, if you have things propped up, up against your sheds in your backyard, if you have things propped up against the wall, if you have ladders in places where little ones can get over and get over into your neighbor's property, um, please be cognizant of that. Uh, and that's, that's what happens. It might be you have a pool on your property that is completely secure with a cover or a fence or latching doors per code. But potentially your neighbor doesn't. Right. And so if little ones can get over the wall, I know it seems crazy, but it is true. If little ones can get over the wall to your, and into the backyard uh, next door or through open gates, yeah, um, they're going to, f- and you just turn your back for a minute. Um, no malice, no intent, no, no nefarious uh, intent. It, it happens. You turn your back for a minute, you're doing dishes, you're doing something, you turn your back and uh, where's the little one? They're in the pool. So uh, tragedies like this are just unimaginable. But uh, just as a reminder of water safety, especially we, we're into the we're going to get into the swim months here as it gets warmer. Uh, and a lot of pools in the valley, a lot of, a lot of pools in Scottsdale. Please just keep an eye on your on your little ones and know that they can do things that you can't comprehend. Yep. They're able to get into, into neighbor's backyards, yep, over a six-foot wall and uh, and into a pool. 
Yeah. One of the big things that we, we want to remind people is remember when you go on vacation and if you go on vacation and you stay at a short-term rental, um, not necessarily just here in the Valley, but anywhere you go, that that's something to always keep in the back of your mind as well is making sure that you're paying attention to your little ones when you may not have a pool at your own residence that, that it is fresh and new. So yeah. that is the kind of the, to keep that eye out for, especially when you're, when you're touring and vacationing. A lot going on the PD uh, this week. John and Phyllis Zobel, both retiring. Sergeant John Zobel and Officer Phyllis Zobel. Phyllis is, in, uh, is our training, one of our basic training officers down at uh, the Hans Training Facility. And uh, she and John met on, met on the job. Yeah. Oh, so many years ago. Have two uh, grown children. Uh, John has been with us 28 years. I think Phyllis 25 years. Yeah. And uh, they retiring together. So in fact, once we get out of the podcast, we'll be uh, heading down to that retirement. So shout out to them and their amazing service to the Scottsdale Police Department and the citizens of Scottsdale for John, 33 years total, five with Pima County Sheriff's Office and then 28 here and 25 for Phyllis. So kudos to them. And the last thing that I'll talk about uh, before we get to Rachel is need everybody to just relax a little bit. We're seeing a lot of violence, a lot of road rage, a lot of just a lot of craziness, uh, a lot of a lot of craziness in, in Old Town. Old Town is a very safe, uh, great environment. Uh, I think we, I, I just saw we became like the number one bachelorette des- bachelorette party destination, which is awesome. So very safe down there, very vibrant, uh, very welcoming to everybody. A lot of different nightclubs, a lot, just a great scene. Uh, but around the city, around the valley, um, I will tell you that Phoenix PD uh, just this week was in their 10th officer-involved shooting since January 3rd. Uh, we had an officer-involved shooting on January 3rd yeah. uh, and, uh, where S- Sergeant Scott Galbraith was was shot. Uh, he is back to work in a, in a uh, light-duty capacity and should be going to full duty here at the end of the month. We're excited about that. And then Mesa PD was involved in an officer-involved shooting yesterday, uh, their first of the year. Um, let's just, um, just everybody take a deep breath and, and, uh, take care of one another and, and, um, just try to, I, I hate to, I always go back to the old Rodney King adage, right? Cause it was so prophetic. It was, can't we all just get along? Yep. And so, um, please, uh, try to show a, a lot of love and respect toward one another, even if you have differing opinions, but, uh, let's just take care of each other. Our guest today is Rachel Sacco, who in 1986, joined the Scottsdale Area Chamber of Commerce to lead its tourism division. In 2001, Experience Scottsdale officially separated from the chamber to become a standalone nonprofit organization with SECO as its first president and CEO. Over the years, Rachel has been inducted into Scottsdale's History Hall of Fame and the Arizona Governor's Tourism Hall of Fame. She's also been recognized for community service and leadership in the city with several awards, including the Scottsdale Leadership's Drinkwater Award for Leadership. Please welcome Rachel Sacco to the show. And now, on to the big guest. Yes. Rachel, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so honored and delighted to be here with both of you. Thank you. You bet. And I, I, I mentioned this to Rachel outside with some other folks, but Rachel is just the nicest person, uh, just such, such a good representative of uh, Experience Scottsdale and the city of Scottsdale, just warm and welcoming everything you'd hope you would hope for in the CEO of, uh, of experience Scottsdale. So, um, it's great to have you. I joke around with her that we're not recording this live so we can <laughs> we make a few faux pas and <laughs> we're, we're going to be good to go. So, um, Rachel, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you, how you come to find yourself, uh, in the big job and experience Scottsdale. I know you said you're from Arkansas, so I'll let you kind of go from there. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. 
When I escaped from Arkansas at 18 years old, <laughs> I headed straight out here on uh, I-40 going west, and I ended up at Arizona State University. I was 18. I met my husband in registration line at ASU. That's awesome. Thanks to there being no computers, we all had to stand in line back then in the 70s, and you would have these little library-type cards that they would give you if you could sign up for a class, and then you stand in the next line, and you're out there for about eight hours on an August, a very nice August day, (laughs) and so you talk to your neighbor a lot. And that was it. I'm still with that gentleman that I met in registration line at ASU, and we have just had a wonderful time being here in the Scottsdale area. What an amazing story. And it, it just harkens me back to last month's yep, episode yep. with with one of our officers, detectives, uh, Tom Houck, who met his, he's played uh, professional baseball in uh, the minor leagues, and how he met his wife yep. five days after he got traded to another team and met her in the front office. I and think it's a, meant to be. Absolutely. And you have a great to story be. too, standing in line, waiting to register for classes, and you strike up a conversation with a young man and... So get off your social media when you're standing in line, <laughs> wherever you are. Look around. You never know the opportunities, young men and women. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you fired that first salvo because um, I was I was thinking when you were talking about it that you were standing outside for eight hours in the hot in the hot uh, August sun. Our kids today would not do that. <laughs> no, no be they, they don't have not. to. <laughs> better be air conditioned. Uh, there better be a Starbucks at the same <laughs> building. Sorry, I'm just I'm joking for most of you who are my most young, my, my young <laughs> my young listeners out there. So that's great. So you, great, you you go to ASU, you find a husband. I mean, you get a degree <laughs> where we were doing all these great things, and then can you can you take us down that sure. path and how then you find yourself in the industry that you found yourself in Mm -hmm. and then how you find yourself as the president and CEO of Experience Scottsdale. I've been in this industry for 44 years after I graduated from ASU. I was in the private sector for a while and I had a serendipitous encounter with, I was giving a presentation and a gentleman who worked at what is now known as Visit Phoenix had heard me present and he approached me and said, I am leaving my job at a company called Visit Phoenix. I don't know why, but I just think you should interview for my job. You would be perfect. And I thought, well, what have I got to lose? So I went and I met the folks at Visit Phoenix. I was offered a job there. I was there for seven years doing destination marketing in all sorts of different areas. And then I got recruited in 1986 to come to the then Scottsdale Chamber of Commerce to head up what was called the Tourism and Events uh, Department, which became what we are now, which is Experience Scottsdale. So I'm this month celebrating my 37th year in Experience Scottsdale that started at the Chamber of Commerce. And I must tell you, it has just been a labor of love for me. I consider this organization my fourth child, and I just feel like tourism has been... I hope residents would agree with this. I think such a force for good as Absolutely. we move forward, Absolutely. keeping what's special about our beautiful destination, but bringing it current without losing the charm yeah. and the things that brought us to the dance. It's so amazing how you, how you describe that because you're so right. And obviously you should be. I mean, you, you've been the, kind of the architect for yeah. Experience Scottsdale over that 30 plus years because... What I hear so often is that people are surprised when they come to visit that Scottsdale is as big as it is and 184 plus square miles, right. you know, 35 miles long, 
but they talk about what a had the small town feel and the small town atmosphere that it has even though we you know have 260,000 year-round residents or 12 million visitors the lion's share of all the nightlife the resorts the golf the major major special events here and somehow we still pull it off to to really feel like a a smaller town or a small city so uh, yeah just absolutely amazing and i think that is the sweet spot um, I always say Scottsdale is one of the sweet spots of the universe. And yeah. I think part of it is we are a small city, if you will, or a small town in terms of our friendliness and the way we greet and treat one another. And yet we have big city amenities. Yeah. And it's all wrapped into this beauty, this natural scenic beauty in the Sonoran Desert and the beauty of everything that we have, how clean the community is. Yeah. The beauty that you see just as you're even driving on the freeway that has artwork on the mm-hmm. sides of the freeway. And this is not unnoticed by people. You get the best of all worlds when you come here in terms of beauty, in terms of experiences, yeah. but also in how you're treated. And everyone remembers how someone makes them feel. And Scottsdale, if it were a person, is making a lot of people feel really special and that's why they come back time and time again. Absolutely. And I think it is the reason why all the reasons you speak about is the reason why Scottsdale has a national and international reputation. International reputation. It's, it's no matter where I go in the country, it's the strangest thing. I think you your energy draws things. To, I very selfishly always talk about and we'll, we'll talk to council members about this. And I say, you know, Scottsdale is Scottsdale because it's safe. And Kevin... Why is it so safe? Do we have an amazing police department or what? Uh, we do. That's why I've been here for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gone to the other I side. I can tell you some stories from visitors that will certainly, certainly double down on that. Yeah. May I? Yes, of course. Just last week, we were um, hosting a group that had come out here from San Francisco. Um, and a woman in, in this group approached me to tell me what an incredible experience she has been having in Scottsdale. They were here for spring training. She had been born and raised in San Francisco and was very proud as a San Franciscan, um, but very disappointed and very sad in terms of the way their city has um, evolved into a place where, she, as she told me, she said, I can't even let my mother take any public transportation We are reluctant to go to various places that I used to go to all the time. And she said, which is why I want to tell you about my experience walking from the stadium into Old Town, what you call your Old Town. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you how incredible it was. She said, I brought my children and we were charmed. We thought Old Town was charming because of the, the unique shops. But here's the thing that we loved. People were so friendly. She goes, I was almost aghast that people would be coming up and saying, hello, how are you? Where are you Uh from? Uh Complimented her on the shoes she was wearing. She says, that does not happen. And she said, how have you done that? And I said, we are very safe as a community. She goes, that's the word I want to use. She goes, I felt so safe and it made me feel so free. Yeah that I was in this environment where my children and I did not have to worry. Mm. And I want to thank you because we have just hosted two of the largest events in the entire world world. here. We had no issues. And I want you to know that the reason that we are in our fourth Super Bowl is partly because our police and fire safety are the best. And I've heard that right from the NFL. We were their model, as you well know. Yep. 
for how to actually do safety at a Super Bowl. And you are part of our brand. Absolutely. Whether you, you know it or not, yep. safety. It used to be people would say, I'm going to come to a destination for sunshine. Now safety actually is number right. one. Thank you for saying that. And I, I wholeheartedly agree. I have amazing people in the organization. And we have amazing fire department. Tom Shannon is the, chief, uh, the fire chief there. Just doing great things. And I think sometimes we, we wind up taking that for granted. You yeah. know, we had 1.3 million visitors at the open um, at the same time that we had ESPN and all the parties and the air park and down in Old Town, you know, we bring in normally on a non-Super Bowl week, uh, we, we'll bring in 15,000 people on a Friday night or a Saturday night. That doubled yeah. uh, during that time period. And I, I regale people with the, with the notion of calls for service, right? And how many how many calls for service do we typically go on in a day? And I surprise people when I tell them, the Scottsdale Police Department responds to 267,000 roughly calls for service. That's citizen calls for service and officer-initiated calls for service in a year. Mm. And so that's a little over 600 calls for service a day uh, in Scottsdale. And and the Saturday of the Open, which is the height of the parties before the Sunday Super Bowl, we had 1,013 calls for service on that Saturday night. Now, of those 1,013 calls, they weren't shots fired. They weren't stabbings. They, weren't, they, they, were, they were typically crowd management issues, right. loud parties, domestic violence, things like that. So, so the safety component of that and the, the resources that we brought to bear, internal resources, Scottsdale Police Department, and external resources from our Valley partners, there were cops everywhere. And I got so many reports back from people saying, Wow, even in old town in kind of middle of the night, you know, midnight with parties blaring and crazy music and tens of thousands of people everywhere, they felt safe because there were officers everywhere. Everybody was friendly. Hey, what can we do for you? We have a very can-do, how-can-I-help attitude in the, in, in the PD. And so there was great community connectivity there, And but you felt safe. And we want you to feel safe because you're not going to come here if you don't feel safe. And the second part of that is some things that people don't want to hear is that we take your safety, the community safety, our residents, our business, kind of our tourist trade. We take that so seriously. And so I hear people say, oh, Scottsdale's PD, they're, they're hard on DUI. If you break the law, you get in a fight in Old Town, you do, they're on you right away. They're right. Yep. We are. <laughs> um, where I think you see problems around the country where every, just lawlessness is allowed. We don't allow that here. One of my counterparts in the north uh, in the northwest has told me that residents in their particular city, I won't even mention the city, but you could guess, don't even feel safe going to their old da- downtown, mm-hmm. their own downtown. Mm. And so one of the monikers that we in the tourism business always talk about is tourists want to go, visitors want to go where the residents go. Well, if you live in a place where you as a resident don't even feel safe, right. how in the world are you going to get visitors right. from around the world to come to your community? Absolutely. It's not going to happen. So on behalf of the entire tourism industry, I would like to thank you Thanks, Rachel. and your team Appreciate for what you that. do. Can you talk to us about experience, Scott Dillon, and kind of what it is, what the day-to-day looks like, what the goal is, and how you're bringing in so many great tourists uh, annually to Scottsdale? Well, thank you for that. Experience Scottsdale is a private, not-for-profit corporation, and we have contracts with the city of Scottsdale and with the town of Paradise Valley. And our role and our mission is to really improve our community 
and the lives of our residents by having tourism be a tool that creates economic prosperity. And not just for businesses, but also at making this a better place to live and raise your children. And the thing about Experience Scottsdale is that unless you are traveling, you're probably never going to see our messages Mm -hmm. because they're not necessarily directed to our residents, although our results are hopefully felt by our residents. So we are charged by our contract with the city to be the branding arm for the community of Scottsdale, to create ads, ad campaigns, to do research, to make sure that we are reaching a visitor who wants to come and visit here nationally or from international Mm -hmm. markets. We have footprints in key international destinations so that there's always 24-7 a voice for Scottsdale, which is probably why we're so well-known internationally as well, and also to bring groups here. We know that the group business, if you're here with a corporation uh, attending a, a convention or a conference, it's sometimes the entry point for a CEO or someone in that business uh-huh. to actually end up moving here, retiring here, moving their business here. So economic development is definitely, we. they always say that tourism is kind of the tip of the spear or the front door for economic development. What's great about the tourism industry is all of those visitors eventually do go home. <laughs> so if you've gotten a lot of traction from visitors uh, in Scottsdale during our, our high season, know that they do go home, but they leave about $3 billion right. behind wow. every yeah. single yep. year. Yep. And they keep our taxes low and they create wonderful amenities that we wouldn't have in this smaller community yep. if it weren't for visitors. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I think there's been such great synergy between Experience Scottsdale and the very many uh, city councils over the last last few decades. I mean, you look at the things that council has approved or, or the, the major purchases that we've done. I specifically speak about the preserve and how the preserve and 26% of Scottsdale's landmass is in designated preserve with beautiful hiking trails and the number of people that that brings back, brings to Scottsdale for mountain biking or just hiking and that connectivity. And I think it just gives experience Scottsdale a great springboard to say, Hey, we have the, all these outdoor activities. And if you want to hike or mountain bike, or you want to play golf, uh, or you want great nightlife, right? It's everywhere in Scottsdale. And so I think there's just been great synergy between, uh, the city and the, and the council and experience Scottsdale to just really kind of give you that springboard to move forward. Well, thank you. We're so grateful to the council. Um, Experience Scottsdale is not a political entity whatsoever. I feel it is our role and our job and our privilege, really, to work with every single council, every single mayor, um, as we have over the last three decades, and to help them fulfill the mandate that the residents and the voters have given them. Because tourism is a really great force for good Mm -hmm. in the community. And um, I think it shows, and so we're very appreciative of the council's support of what we do and the way that we can partner on how to have the expenditures of the bed tax that are voter approved by the residents here and the voters to actually have it be an investment back into our community. One council member told me that, you know, as we have shown our love for the preserve in the desert, that we preserve so much of our community, which is unheard of in so many communities, about a third is what this council person told me. About a third of our preserve was actually purchased by visitors because they pay the same taxes. Yeah. So we look at the visitors who are also making an investment in this community 
and they're proud of that. Mm-hmm. They are very proud of that because they want Scottsdale to remain special as we do. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. What are some of the biggest changes that you've seen over your your time period with the development of Scottsdale and the population boom and just your industry in itself? I think what we have seen is um, we have always wanted to keep what made us special, meaning the focus on the outdoors, the Sonoran Desert. We want to keep some sort of semblance of we are a, a very modern and wonderful community that has so many great current amenities. But we also have a lot of that open west, the, the western flair. You can feel very much you know, at home here if you were ever here as a visitor during the Parada or a resident wearing your boots and feeling like this feels at home. And yet here we are hosting some of these incredible events and having um, amenities that are here that are found in typically some places around the world that are very, very high end. The fact that we have the very first non-gaming Caesars Republic Hotel here, they chose Scottsdale. Nobu, as a, a, a restaurant that is very, very high end, chose to be in Scottsdale. And we can go on and on and on with organizations and businesses that have said, I must have a footprint in Scottsdale. And there's a reason for that, because there's a synergy with the type of people who live here, but the type of people who visit here too. And the brand is just so warm and welcoming, and it just says success. One of the coolest things that I've noticed, we've mentioned this before, is, uh, you know, Chief kind of mentioned, like, I play video games. And, And the coolest part is, I can select Scottsdale as the hometown for, for that. Really? I didn't know that. You would think it's like, Oh, Arizona, it's all Phoenix. That's all you see. And then all of a sudden I, I played this game that said Scottsdale. I was like, well, of course I'm going to choose Scottsdale. Even though I live in Phoenix, (laughs) I'm going to choose Scottsdale because that's the brand that that you guys have been able to develop over these years is it's that recognition. We are, we are not just Phoenix's neighbor. We are are known so far (laughs) and wide um, as just Scottsdale. It's really cool. That's a great point. I, you. In video games, you talk about, oh, did I, I tell you I just got a PlayStation 5? <laughs> I to tell you that. But anyway. Um, Three years late. <laughs> yeah. well, it just came out. What are you talking about? It was super expensive. I waited till it came down a little bit. Um, the point you make is so great. Uh, you know, I was people have been forever been saying, hey, you got to watch Yellowstone, right, with Kevin Costner. You got to watch Yellowstone. You got to watch Yellowstone. I put it off, put it off, put it off. And finally, my wife and I started watching it. And this was a, a little while ago. And we got to that fourth season and they're they're talking about Scottsdale. Oh, really? Yeah, and West and Westworld. In fact, then no they cut to because one of the parts is uh, they're into cutting horses, and they're like, oh, okay, the next thing we're going to is we're going to Scottsdale and we're going to be at Westworld. And then they actually shot at Westworld. Wow! And so I've seen this repeatedly over and over again in different TV shows where they they say Scottsdale. Now, here's what they don't say: they don't say Scottsdale, Arizona. They right. just say Scottsdale, right. and they they have an expectation that you know exactly what they're exactly talking right. about. Yeah, and I think that speaks, Rachel, to your work and the work of your staff over the last thirty plus years. And so, can you talk about uh, about your folks a little bit? I know you have you have a great team working for you. My shout out to Rachel Pearson, who uh, who works for you. Who she's is, fabulous. Uh, who is my uh, Scottsdale Leadership Class twenty six uh, <laughs> partner? In fact, we were supposed to have lunch this week until. One of our one of our little group got sick, so we had to postpone it. But uh, she's amazing, great people. Can you kind of speak to that and what your staff looks like, your, what your makeup looks like, and how they, uh, kind of the different areas that they impact um, in experience Scottsdale? 
I think one of the things I am most delighted and, and I will say proud about is the culture that's been created at Experience Scottsdale. We have a lot of longevity, um, partly because the work is so rewarding, much like I believe you and your team would feel yeah, the same way about your work. But we also feel a connection to the community and that our work really matters. It matters to the place in which we live, to the families that we are raising here. And um, we're just so proud to be a part of the fabric of something called Scottsdale. So we are right now about 35 people. We are a marketing arm. Uh, one of the things I'll, I'll say about our marketing is that we have our, our own in-house creative team. So if you see a television commercial, you see the out-of-home where we call ourselves taking over New York City. We are in like seven train and subway stations where we have, what I when I say I wrap, we're wrapping a building, it's from floor to ceiling, it's wow. staircases. It is great imagery about Scottsdale all the way from Central Park all the way down to the financial district. It's huge. We do all of that in-house. Everything that we do is with a footprint from people who live and breathe and love Scottsdale 24-7. It saves our community and our organization hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. because we do everything in-house. And we know that it's better because it's coming from love. It's baked with love. Yeah. And then we put those savings back into deployment, which is why our population of tourists are growing and coming from new destinations. Mm -hmm. The more the bed tax, which is replenishing all of our marketing paid for by visitors, the more we have every year, such as a good year like this, the more we can go out into new areas and tell people the story of Scottsdale. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You talk, you talk about all the work that your folks put into, that you and your folks put into. And, and I think that the proof is, I hate to be so cliche, but the proof is in the pudding. I think about during COVID, right? And and, and uh, coming out of the lockdowns prior to and then and then after the lockdowns and things had to slow down. Well, I look at the revenue and the number of people that as soon as the lockdowns were lifted, uh, I think a lot of places, they lost revenue. Our revenue continued to skyrocket and it was... We, people just kept coming here. And if it was because um, Arizona didn't have the same level of lockdowns, say like California or uh, New York state or, you know, New Jersey. Um, and so things were open. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we made and our business owners made some accommodations, bars and nightclubs in particular with the social distancing. But I remember, you know, I, I came back as the chief on December 1st of 2020 and I, looked around and like, wow, this is great. People are still out. They yep. still feel comfortable. They're still spending money in Scottsdale, where a vast majority of the country just seemed to be on complete shutdown. We were still like that that tourism juggernaut right. still moving forward. I just thought that that was amazing. We never shut our doors. We made lots of sacrifices internally in terms of um, taking pay cuts that we felt were the right thing to do because we knew how important it was for Experience Scottsdale to still be out working. Yeah. And we were able to garner um, visitors from some of our tried and true areas, but new visitors who are now repeat visitors. And it was a pride, uh, point of pride for us to help our businesses stay relevant, yeah. to stay open. And I will say this to you, here we are a few couple of years out of the pandemic. There are destinations that have still never recovered. Right. Never. And yet we are flourishing. We yeah. are even doing better than our pre-COVID days wow. because of our commitment and our commitment to quality and the safety yeah. that you bring. 
and it's a secret sauce. But there are there are communities that will never be the same. Agreed. So my counterparts in those areas tell me, which is sad. They should be saying, Rachel, what do we need to do? <laughs> can, can we just steal your footprint? And so, um, what I like to do is I always like to connect our guests with um, the PD. And so you have a great connection right. with us. And and one of the things I'll, I'll talk about too, and just as it, it you helped us out was pretty much every law enforcement agency in the country is really has been really struggling. Uh, and I think it's a lot of businesses, just not law enforcement, but for law enforcement, for some very particular, I call it uh, the, the national, a very negative national narrative on law enforcement that is just not true in Scottsdale. And so we, we were struggling initially, probably, you know, within the last 18 months, we reached a, a fever pitch high of 45 sworn vacancies out of our 400 uh, complement of sworn vacancies, 700 total employees, but 400 of those are, uh, are, are sworn police officers. And, and we were struggling. And I, I reached out to you and your staff and said, Hey, can you, can we meet, can we help? Can we talk about marketing, not just Scottsdale, but the Scottsdale police department and, um, but we, one of the things that was great was you sent over all of your, your, the, the photos we could use about marketing Scottsdale and the great things that we were doing. And so it was some great connectivity with us. And I know that at any time I can reach out to you or reach out to, to Rachel Pearson and say, Hey, let me run this by you. Look at some thoughts because we're connected in terms of just about everything that is tourism. Scottsdale. It's always just great to be able to, to, to connect. And I just kind of want to talk about that connectivity that you have with the PD that your staff has with the PD um, to support your efforts in tourism? Well, number one, as I've said before, the most important part of our brand is not only is this a great place to, place to visit, but it's a place where you can actually really take a vacation. You can actually go to a conference without feeling nervous or worried or a little bit, you know, like, oh, I'm not sure I even want to go to that conference yeah. because I don't want to be in that city. I'm a little nervous. You bring that to our brand. And it is absolutely so invaluable. I can't even tell you. We are so proud to work with you. We Thank love you. the fact that you are all present, that you are kind to our visitors as you are to our residents, but you also provide us with the safety net mm-hmm. that we all need. And I love the involvement that our, that our um, I guess, employees and staff and team can have with you. I'm honored to be on your, is, is it called your citizen yeah, advisory? Community engagement community board. Engagement we have board. A coming up at the end of this month. <laughs> it is. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to attending yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important that we get to understand what you do, how you do it, how important it is. And we can also pass that along to our hospitality um, members as well, because they need to also know that you are just a call away as well and that you're an asset for them as well. That's great. That's great. Thank you. I'm ask you one last question before Kevin gets into these, uh, into the, the hard ones. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I'm curious, you know, we, we've talked about on this show, uh, over the, over the last 20 episodes, but we, and we specifically talk about how, and I mentioned earlier in, in this episode is that our special events are major events or what the city calls signature events have continued to explode. I mean, just huge, huge numbers. I remember, you know, years ago when we talked about, Hey, we, we crossed a threshold of 600,000 people at the open and that was such a big deal. But to have a day this, the Saturday of the open this year and, and get the data from our cell carriers, AT&T, Verizon and T-Mobile that had 480,000 individual cell phone hits on the towers within the open footprint on Saturday and to see almost one, 1.3 million people come into the open 
is staggering, right? And so how does that, does that help uh, experience Scottsdale when you, when you can use that data? Does it, I mean, how does, how is that expansion of those major special events and how big they've gotten? Is that good? Is it, uh, is it just really help um, push experience or have experience Scottsdale push out that a great narrative of, Hey, come one, come all, we're having a blast here. Uh, come to Scottsdale. I think that kind of growth can be a razor's edge for a community. It yeah. can be good or bad. The way you've just described it sounds terrifying until you say the punchline, which is nothing mm-hmm. terrible happened. Yeah. Right. We absolutely are looked upon as a community that's like, how did they pull that right. off? Every year. Right? How did they, they do it? Everyone that attended had a great time. Everyone felt great. They had a safe time. And the fact that the national media cannot find one flaw. Right. I have to compliment you all. I think you are the the behind the scenes, as I said before, safety yeah. net that makes sure that that happens. It would be terrible to host an event where you were known not for the fact that, wow, there were this many people there and they all had a great time and look at them and let's talk about who won the game or who, you know, who won the championship. But you're talking about something that was an event that is never forgotten. And that does not happen here. So from our standpoint, those events just let people know, this is what it's going to be like in Scottsdale. It's all good. You're going to have a great time. It's going to be safe. You know, people ask me numbers from Saturday in particular, if we have 480,000. Very transparent about it. We had, we ejected 88 people. On Saturday, we made 18 arrests. We had 155 calls for service inside the footprint. And like, oh, that 88 ejections, that seems like a lot. And I say, there was 480,000 people there with alcohol flowing. And, and I think a golf game was going on. There was a golf game that broke out right, in the party. People didn't know. Or they'll say, hey, what happened with the uh, the streaker uh, with the 19th hole painted on his back? And, like, and I tell them, like, that was hilarious. And, and if that's the extent of what we're seeing or that the ejections and the arrests that we made were for fighting some, some disorderly conduct, crowd management issues. Uh, but you're going to be safe. You're going to be safe. You're going to see and really a lot without of incident for the most part, yeah, right. you know, and we have hundreds of police officers and hundreds of security officers there. I think at any one time we had 60 bicycle officers on the course throughout that course, 60. Now I will tell you, I, I have two squads uh, that total uh, uh, that total sixteen each, uh, so the rest of those sixty were from other police agencies, and that's the the relationships that we leverage. So, agreed. Safety, safety is, is uh, I think is the key. So, well, you are providing the model that so many communities I know are looking at, and so are organizations like, like I said earlier, even the NFL. Yeah, you were the model for them to build their safety platform yep. on. Yeah, it was great. And in fact, I, I was the uh, area commander when I was an assistant chief for the 2015 Super Bowl. And we heard then that like, hey, this is the model we want to mm-hmm. take forward with uh, every year now and, and how how law enforcement and how so police and fire together, how they work the, these events. And so it's um, it's great knowing that today now in 2023 that that we that the Arizona the Valley model is uh, is really how they're doing it today around the country. So pretty exciting. That's a wrap with all things Scottsdale and tourism. 
Now let's return to the show as Sergeant Juan asks today's four reels questions with Chief Walther and Rachel Sacco. Thanks, Rachel. That was a lot of good stuff, and I think we're going to get to the hard questions now. We gave Rachel, you gave Rachel uh, the softball questions, so we're going to go. With, we're going to go with the hard ones now to finish out our episode. Yep, that's right. So this is called our four reels section. Uh, four, just kind of real. four reels. Four reels. Uh, four reels. Oh, okay. Four reels. Uh, a little play on uh, media terms there. So I'll ask a bunch of just quick fire questions, kind of say whatever pops into your head with it. Um, they, they are just meant to be fun. So um, I'll get into it. <laughs> what is your most favorite theme park memory? Oh, my most favorite theme park memory was just going back to Disneyland, not just with my my children who love Disneyland, who are grown now, but with my grandchildren oh, yeah. and seeing those little kids just light up and again the magic it's magic mine is exactly the same because i had a lot of great theme park uh visits and memories but my favorite one was this past december i think i told you about that when we went my wife and i went with my middle son my daughter-in-law and my three grandsons who are seven five and two and seeing my grandsons just they go to in fact they're at disneyland right now (laughs) they were in december now they're there in, in march um, just how excited they were. My, my two-year-old grandson who just loves Mickey and it's all Mickey, Mickey, <laughs> Mickey, just how excited they were. Plus me pushing a stroller, 13, double stroller, 13 hours a day for three days in a row. That's very manly, by the way. <laughs> I you. love that. Thank you. Yeah, I got my steps in those days. So that was my, that, just my, that time that we had with them uh, and seeing their just, their innocence and their love for the, the for Disneyland was pretty awesome. It's magic. Yeah. So I worked there for three years uh, when I lived in California, and so it for me you you lose a lot of it, right? You lose a lot of the. Hey, you get to see behind the scenes, behind the scenes of everything. And I drove floats in the parade, so like you just were in entertainment side, but. Uh, taking my kids there, seeing that, uh, get to point out the things that you don't necessarily pay attention to like watching their eyes light up like that was just really really cool yeah great if you could bring back a fashion trend (laughs) what would it be and why my i have no fashion trends (laughs) as you can tell by looking at me however my birthstone is turquoise and i am someone who always always will want to wear turquoise and feel like everyone should wear turquoise, especially if you're in the tourism industry in Arizona and in Scottsdale. Legitimate, real turquoise. <laughs> My fashion trend's already back uh, with the 90s style. Like, I never left it when I graduated high school and stuff. That, that was my formative years. And now that it's back, my kids are like, Oh, you're, you're trying to dress like this. I said, no, no, no. I never changed my outfits over the last 25 Your years. closet still had the 90s style I in it. Have, I still have stuff <laughs> from high school. You're wearing, you're wearing jean shorts? Oh, gosh, yes. Those are great. And the neon and all that, like the hangover. The neon, that's neon. right. And now it's the trend. I'm like, well. You're so cool. We're back now, yeah. If you had a magic button on your desk that could bring you whatever you wanted, what would it summon? Coffee, latte. I'd love a button just to to summon people that I that I care about that I don't like my my daughter and my son-in-law who live in uh, Whitefish, Montana. I think that would be great because I only get to see them other than FaceTime and get only get to see them probably three times a year. And that uh, that's my one and only girl, my third, and uh, I yeah I don't get to see her anywhere near enough. So I'd summon her immediately. All right, good. 
I think we're done, Rachel. I think that was relatively painful. (laughs) Do you want to break this mic over here too? (laughs) Right, we're we're having some technical (laughs) difficulties in the show today. Um, Rachel, I want to really thank you for for being on today and taking time out of your day. I know how busy you are with Experience Scottsdale and and spending some time with us and having a little fun and and uh, and just getting to talk about Experience Scottsdale and, and its commitment to the city and to everything that makes Scottsdale great. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for the privilege of being here. I've really enjoyed it, and thanks for all you do. Thank you. I appreciate that. And to our listeners out there, hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, thanks for all that you do. Thanks for listening to us. And uh, take care of each other. Remember, each every day offers each of us the opportunity to be more in the service of others. And if we just kind of adhere to that thought process or that challenge that I'd like to get out, I think we're going to create a much better world and a much better community. So take care of one another. Relax a little bit. Drive a little slower. We'll, uh, we'll reduce some of the road rage. But, uh, but all my best to you and your families. And, and, uh, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next month. Thank you for listening to Shop Talk, episode 20. Make sure you follow us for any and all updates on your favorite social media platforms at Scottsdale PD.